Some of these late night movies with Rob and Zach. This is a podcast about cinematic oddies where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, normal, or off kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel. Most times, they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp. I'm Zach. And I'm Rob. And before we continue on with this week of Cinemodities, I actually want to discuss, wait for it, Zach, music. And while, yes, everybody should be out listening to Ann and Spirity Complex, both of their albums and their singles, which you can find on Bandcamp for free, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Pandora, things like that as well, I'm actually here to talk about different music, Zach. Are you excited? Oh, I'm just busting. (laughs) So... I, I think I tried to tell Zach this once, uh, but a ladybug got in my way. That's a story for another time. Uh, every Boy, is year, it. So every year, I keep track of all the music files that come into my possession. So I, I don't like to listen to the radio. I don't like to stream music. I actually like to have the physical files. And so whether I download them, someone sends them to me, whatever, I keep track of all of these every year. And it's become tradition. I've been doing it since 2010. At the end of every year, there is Rob's favorite songs of the year. And it was always the top 10, and I actually ranked them. But then, last year was the first, 2017, I found or came into contact with so much new music that I decided to extend it to the top 50. And this year, now that we're in January, I've listened to all this music, I've ranked it, and I've created a playlist for 2018. And here's the thing, this playlist is on Spotify, and that's what I would encourage everybody to go check out. It's great music if you just want to hear a random smattering of of tons of different genres ranked as to how I enjoyed them. You can find that link in the show notes. I'm going to send it to Zach so he can put it in there. Zach, did you listen to my top 50 from 2017? That's on Spotify as well. No, Rob, I have not. Does it involve Tool and or Animal Collective? Uh, no tool, probably Animal Collective. (laughs) So I think we all know the answer to that. This year's list will also include Animal Collective, but no tool. They don't have any new music. They don't have any, you know, stuff like that. Uh, so they, they don't get put on it. But you know, this year, 2018, we had Tangerine Reef. Gotta represent. But it's not National Aquarium Day. I know, I know. But you know, we can still listen to their music, even if it's not National Aquarium Day or the Year of the Reef anymore. (laughs) <laughs> that's the music i wanted to talk about zach okay 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 you, you too can now physically own rob's spotify link <laughs> for the low price of 7.99 a month <laughs> all right so music aside let's get into our discussion for this week where we are continuing on with what i believe last week we called the steve odekirk series But as usual, Zach has worked his, uh, I don't know, shuffling magic, and we're moving some things around. It it could be called the Steve Odekirk series. It might just be the Thumb series with Kung Pao, because, you know, that's like more a tongue movie, more than a thumb movie. Um, We have no idea what we're going to do for one of the other days in January, but to lay down the rules, we are discussing three more thumb movies in this episode. And then the one that's left that we haven't touched on, you're going to hear Zach and I discussing in Knights of Vader. Uh, This week, next week, do we have any ideas, Zach? Is that even worth mentioning? (laughs) Uh, Looking at the calendar, yeah, it's probably probably been out already. 
Okay, okay. So, uh, yes, we'll we'll see how that plays out in reality. But today on Cinemodities, like we said, three more thumb movies. Specifically, we are hitting Bat Thumb, The God Thumb, and The Blair Thumb. And if, if, you're, <laughs> if, you're, if you're following along with your list at home, that leaves, not surprisingly, Thumb Wars, which is what we'll be discussing on Knights of Vader. Uh, so, should we jump right into it, Zach? Yes, let's jump right into Bat Thumb. We are starting off with Bat Thumb, and before we began recording, Zach told me that he put this on to watch it and then entered a time vortex. Can you expand on that for me and, your, and our audience, Zach? Yes, folks. As I was watching all these films, I started with Thumb Wars, thoroughly enjoyed it, enjoyed it, then put on Fat Thumb. At this point, for about 30 minutes, I and I had this phenomenon go on called Missing Time, where you basically just, you look at the clock, it says like 3.30, you look back, and it says 4. 30 minutes of my life just disappear without me even being aware of it, and next thing I knew when I looked back at the TV, Fat Thumb was over. <laughs> Yes, that's a negative time vortex, unfortunately. Uh, positive time vortexes are great. When you look at the clock, it says 3.30, and you do a bunch of stuff, and you look back, and it says 3.31. That's the good kind of time vortex, but Zach lost time. <laughs> yes, missing time indeed. Okay, uh, well, um, how do you want to go about this then, Zach? Uh, <laughs> is there anything you do remember from Bat Thumb? Well, there's a couple things. I, I, rem- I like the beginning of it. I like when we have, again, I don't know all of our thumb character names. I know they mm-hmm. all have cute names. Rob will definitely inform us of those. <laughs> but probably my favorite moment of this is, I've, I've never been a big fan of the Batman 89, never liked that film. Mm-hmm. And I like how it begins with, uh, what was Bruce Wayne's name? Uh, thumb Bruce, Bruce Wayne's name he's, is? He's Woos Bane. Bruce Bane, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, he meets, uh, uh, what's it called, Vicky Nail? Or yep. Vicky, Vicky Nail, Nail, yeah. yeah. Vicky Nail. And it's like, he says, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm Bruce Wayne. She's like, oh, I'm, I'm Vicky Nail. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I just sit, sit around and scream a lot when I get captured. Well, Woos, I'm Vicky. Vicky Nail. And what is it you do, Miss Nail? When I'm scared, I scream. Other than that, I'm blonde. And hot. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like I, I thought that was pretty funny considering that Kim Basinger doesn't really do much in that movie. Yeah, and then I think she goes on to say she's like, other than that, I'm blonde. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. Like, that's that's the sort of humor I like in these movies. It, 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 it beyond the thumb stuff where it's like yippee. It's uh, who? What's his name? Thummy, the the Cyclops thumb. Uh, so he's just the one-eyed thumb. Oh, thummy my, is thummy. I don't think we actually get to see Thummy in any of the movies. He's the one that, like, when in the intros with Steve Odekirk, he appears. Thummy will appear. Oh, okay. But I, I like. I like. It's not that type of humor. I like it when they are making more of a satirical approach to the source material. Mm-hmm. Where that's the part of this I appreciate. Some of the gimmicks, like, oh, we have Sparrow. That's his name, right? Or Blue Jay. Blue Jay. God darn it. Blue Jay. He's like <laughs> Sparrow some other parody of Batman. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, but Blue Jay, it's like, oh my God, how many jokes are we going to have about the fact that, that he's in a stupid little costume and like, oh, look, he's not Robin, but... Uh, that is one of the things I don't uh, I dislike about this. I should say that Bat Thumb is definitely in a... is not one of my favorite, I would say. Yeah, this, this, this is a weak one. 
uh, to the point where I literally don't remember a single thing about it except for key pieces here and there. Uh, Masako <laughs> we'll get to with uh, the Blair Thumb, which actually made me feel something, the urge to commit suicide. <laughs> See, that, that's a, we'll, we'll get to that, Zach. There's more, we'll get no, to let's, that. Not, let's, let's not jump the gun how polarized oh, no. we are about that. <laughs> but um, uh, so, so I guess I, I should say then, uh, do you remember the villain of, of Bat Thumb? Obviously, it's Jack Nicholson Thumb. <laughs> no, so so the villain of Bat Thumb is something I've always loved, and because it is it is so simple, it's it's parsimony at its finest. The villain is no face. Oh yeah. The villain just doesn't have a face CGI'd onto his thumb, so it's just a thumb. I have to love that because it's like okay, we did something that gives us a little less work, and it's no face. But that is such I love that parody of Two Face. Like, what do we do with Two-Face? Well, we just take the face away and make no face. I, I, that's something about that that I've always just absolutely loved, that, that that's what they decided to go with the villain. Because I have to agree, if I think of a Batman parody, they're going to parody the Joker. That's more of an iconic villain, not that Two-Face isn't, but the Joker is certainly much more of, of you know, Batman's arch nemesis. And I imagine he would be much uh, more prime fodder for a parody like this, right? Yeah, you'd think. Now, um, some of the, I'm coming out of my missing time fog. Yeah, I, I picked up on that. I thought that was weird that in a in a Batman 89 parody, not to touch Nicholson's Joker was a unique choice. Yeah, yeah. But like you said, it's, it's done the cut corners, obviously. But no, that, that's 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 fascinating that they actually did that. Because like you said, it'd be you think the jokes would like something like this. Like, I'm shocked at how many people it takes to make one of these dumb little 30 minute films. Yeah. Short films. <laughs> and I guess, I, I guess it's harder to actually animate it than it is to write the joke. So I guess they figured <laughs> that was the path of least resistance. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. I guess, I guess then for this, this one that I'm not a big fan of Zach is, you know, Zach has to go to a psychoanalyst to uncover these, you know, repressed memories to understood what happened in this movie. Um, I guess some of the other things I wanted to know if you remember, or maybe I can dredge them up for you. Um, we get the parody of Alfred, the butler, but he's just Fred, and he's incredibly drunk. Do you remember that? Nope. Okay, great. <laughs> First thing, you answered my next question, because in the scene we get to see Fred, and he's, like, passed out in a chair, and, and Woose Bane is like, Fred, open the Batcave, or some shit like that. Um, there's a picture of the Thumbtanic sinking behind Fred. It's the same picture of the Thumbtanic sinking that is on the Thumbtanic prior to its sinking, <laughs> which I've always loved. I love that connection. Um, but then the one scene we get with Fred the Butler, I love. I absolutely love that they've chosen to make Alfred, like, totally useless in this parody of Batman. Like, he does not help Bat-Thumb Bat in any way, shape, or form. And when we first see him, Woos, like, walks up to him and he's like, Fred, we need the Bat or the thumb cave or whatever it is. And Fred just like wakes up and he goes fish. And then there's a cut to the, to Woos Bane and he like looks confused and he goes, Oh, it's just you Woos. I thought you were a Marlin. That is so <laughs> goddamn funny. That is so funny to me. Oh, I, I've always, I love that line. I've always love that line. Fred. Someone has just robbed the savings and bank. I've got to get to the Batborough. Fish! Oh! Woos! Thought you were a marlin. If you're going out, make sure you bring a sweater because there's... 
bacon outside. Yeah. And it'll be like, fish! Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were a marlin. Like, you, you say that to students, you say that to people at the DMV, it'll never get old. <laughs> I think we can make a, a list at this point of all the things that happen in Cinemonides that Rob wants to tell his students. Oh, yeah, yeah. We could probably write a whole script for the entire semester. <laughs> oh, so that was a good one. Um, uh, I guess we should mention the one-eyed thumb. The one-eyed thumb appears in this, as he does in all of them, where he is a member of the crowd at the end, where no face releases his, like, defacing gasp. So that's his, his plan, is no face is going to make everybody have no face. So everybody's equal to him. And in, like, when he releases the gas, there's a few shots of thumbs, and their, like, eyes or mouth are, like, disappearing, and they're, like, trying to muffledly scream while they're running around. And there's a shot of the one-eyed thumb kind of, like, running through the smoke, doing his, yoo-hoo! <laughs> so that's what I, I do like the one-eyed thumb i like him i that's one thing i have to admit after watching all these dumb movies that was one of the best parts was looking for where he would show up okay well i'm sure you did not uh pay as much attention to the credits as i have but in every single one of these the one-eyed thumb is credited as himself <laughs> so every other all the credits everyone else gets steve odekirk or you know uh uh, whatever the other guy, there's like three people that do the voices in all of these, and uh, that always the one-eyed thumb is as himself. It's great. <laughs> okay, Zach, I guess there's only two things else I want to mention um, with with reference to Bat Thumb, uh, since they will actually come into play later in this episode, and when we talk about Kung Pao Enter the Fist. So the first one is in the opening scene, which Zach may or may not remember. It's um, some guy, he gets to, to Gotham. I should say that's their parody, G-A-A-A-A, thumb. I might have done one too many A's, but whatever. Guy gets in, he's like, oh, this, I'm so fortunate to be part of this sprawling metropolis, and then he gets mugged. And then he gets hit with a two-by-four, and they, like, they steal his money. In that scene, there's a bunch of thumbs walking around in the background. One of the thumbs is Jish from the Blair Thumb. Oh, Really? So, yeah, so they have, like, it's the same character, so, uh, same hair, same outfit, you know, I, I think the face might be a little different, but he's got the camo jacket, he's got that blonde ponytail, and so Jish is in the background of, uh, he was at Gotham at some point, before he gets cut in half, I, spoiler alert for the Blair Talk. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll come up later, but the other thing I want to point out is, um, well, I guess Zach truly hasn't seen this, I don't know if Zach has seen Kung Pao Enter the Fist yet, but there is a scene in Bat Thumb where No Face throws a net over uh, Bat Thumb and Blue Jay. And Bat Thumb has the great line where he's like, We did it! No! 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 Net? Net! Overpowering! Oh. It can't be! Get it! Happening! Oh! Arms! Heavy! Time! Tired! Feels! Net. Good. Uh, oh. Oh. Ow. And then he like passes out and they get captured. And so the joke is that this net just like demolished them. Like it took their energy away, basically. This same exact scene is basically in Kung Pao Enter the Fist, where it happens to Steve Odekirk's character. Isn't that exciting, Seth? <laughs> <laughs> that he reused a joke? <laughs> from a thumb movie for his theatrical uh, release i think even funnier than that is that rob was building that up to be it's a joke the fact that he reuses a joke 
That's a it's amazing. Line. That's a punchline, <laughs> a joke being reused. <laughs> yes, it's amazing. See, all these connections you wouldn't have gotten without me, Zach. No, not at all. All these thumb movies you wouldn't have seen without me, Zach. Except for one. Maybe. Yeah, yes, except for one. Except for one. Because, yeah, Thumb Wars would have made your way no matter what. For sure. Okay, anything else you have to say about Bat Thumb, I guess? As we said, it's not one of my favorite. There's some other jokes we could talk about, but, you know, well, just go one, watch it. Check it out. Oh, yeah, sure. The one joke I did like was at the end where, obviously, uh, No-Face spreads some of his, his gas. And, obviously, uh, Bat Thumb turns on his giant fan and blows it all away. Blow but fan. Blow the like the wind. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> Blow fan. Blow like the wind. And yet, a certain amount of the thumbs of Gotham have already had, like, their mouths erased, their eyes erased. Yep. And it's like, well, what about us? Well, you're going to have to live with being horribly disfigured for the rest of your lives. Oh, yeah. In, like, oh. such a deadpan oh. voice, Bat Thumb's like, you're going to be like that forever. What about us? I'm sorry, you'll all stay like that forever. Only those with full faces have been truly saved. <laughs> that is I thought that was good. Yeah, that's a really good one for sure. I, I do like the line just when he busts out the fan. He said, blow fan, blow like the wind. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, Zach. Oh, Zach. Anything else? Anything else you're remembering? Kind of maybe drumming up from repressed No, this, no that, that, that fan was definitively the low point of the, the Thumb series so okay, far. Okay, okay. I guess I... Oh, uh, you know what? Uh, I could say so. That might... Uh, Bat Thumb might be my least favorite. My least favorite would definitely either be Bat Thumb or Franken Thumb, which we talked about last week. But even in Franken Thumb, I think they do a little better with the parody where here it seems a little looser where you know a lot of it is just kind of moving the plot along to get to another point they can parody whereas in frankenthumb the whole thing was a good parody i thought yeah well again plus batman it's such low-hanging i guess now maybe it's not fair like what almost 20 years later mm -hmm. it's such low-hanging fruit to make fun of batman and a lot of the jokes yeah. like, oh, the, the bat fan it's like ah uh, ha ha yeah, Batman has a, has a joke for every, has a, a gadget for every situation. You know what, I agree, because that's something, I guess, you know, spoiler alert for later in this episode, I'm going to talk about modern thumb movies, and I specifically tried to avoid superhero movies, because it's easy. You you have any superhero with man in his title, or woman, you put thumb. Iron Thumb, The Incredible Thumb, uh, Wonder Thumb, you know. Captain Thumb. Captain Thumb, the first thumb, you know? <laughs> like, it's so simple. It, you're right, it is low-hanging fruit. And it seems like they did this parody more to just hit that low-hanging fruit rather than they had... It's like the title came before the, the plot or the jokes mm -hmm. or anything like that, for sure. Yeah, like, even, like, with um, Frank and Thumb, like, it's like th that's the thing I liked about these movies, when you have the characters, like, actually interact, mm -hmm. where, again, you have, I forget, like, our, our Igor character and our Dr. Frankenstein character, and they're like, what are we going to do with the creature? Kill oh, it! Oh. Yeah. Like, it's like, well, how will we do it? Let me do it! It's like, like, that, like, I like it when the humor comes from the characters in the world. Like, some, like, even though I know you like the irreverent humor, like, mm -hmm. like it's like, fish? It's like, oh, Bruce Wayne, I thought you were a Marlin. It's like, that's funny, <laughs> but that's like, it's irreverent for the sake of being irreverent. 
Like it's nothing. Yeah, yeah. Has, it's not part of the parody or the satire of the source material. It's not the 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 thumb characters that live in this parody world. It's just a joke. Like, you can plug that joke into anything. And get the same. Res- if someone's gonna laugh yeah. at it, they will laugh at it no matter where it is. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I guess um, you know, uh, I understand what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying. I guess that's part of the reason I, I love Steve Odekirk so much that he made the thumb movies, and you get that irreverent humor that you know kind of is my humor. Well, probably this shaped my humor. So, <laughs> yes. What came, what came first, you know? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, this wasn't this was like, some of the jokes. Just like, okay, come on, like I get yeah, it. Ha, yeah. ha, ha, move along, please. Mm-hmm. Okay, well then, well since we have the we have finished with Frank and Thumb and Bat Thumb, we finished the bottom of the barrel. Even though when you're talking about thumb movies, they're all at the top because they're all thumb movies. They're all amazing. Let's get on to the one that I think Zach said he actually enjoyed. That wasn't Thumb Wars. Is this that true? Wasn't thumb Wars. You like the God Thumb? I enjoy. I would say I liked it. I enjoy. Okay, I was not. <laughs> mis- oh, let's put it this way. I was not miserable through it. Okay. Okay. That's um. That's probably the best praise you can give one of these, right? Uh, that doesn't have Star Wars in the title. That doesn't have Star Wars in the title. Well, you know, I guess. I guess I should say, Zach, that at the very beginning, the intro with Steve Odekirk for Thumb Wars, he's like, when I first met the Thumbs, I thought they were horrific and horrifying, and I didn't want to be anywhere near them. But eventually, I grew to love them. I think that's going to be you, Zach, in like, in like what, 45 minutes? Oh, my God. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> Something like that. Okay, so yes, let's talk about the one that is on top of Zach's list and is Definitely my number two favorite Thumb movie. The God Thumb. Of course, a parody of The Godfather. Right? I, <laughs> did I, 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 did so. I miss that? Did I miss that? <laughs> did you announce that wrong? <laughs> so, um, oh, geez. This, this is the one I, I probably have the most notes for. This is where most of my snacks are going to come from uh, when we discuss the Cinemodities restaurant. They're, they're, it's all over the place. You got the intro with the guy who wants his doubter to be kissed on the lips by Maury Povich. You got Johnny Paisano singing the worst song ever. You have Don Bazzazzini and his magic meat, magic meat cube magician. You got Electro Robo Boogie too. Electro Boogaloo. <laughs> so Zach, I guess we should say why, why did this one stand out? among the others we're discussing on Cinemodities. Well, it feels more coherent. Like I said, I, that, again, like I said, all these movies kind of blur together after a while. I kind of had to realize, like, oh, wait, wait, oh, this is from this one. Oh, okay. Uh, this one feels like there's a little bit more of a, again, like, I don't want to say affinity for the source material, mm-hmm. but, like, there's definitely things to watch during the, the Godfather and be like, oh, like, clearly the Marlon Brando, the day of my daughter's wedding, like, that's yeah. been parried countless times. But you can do so much with that, especially with just throwing in the Marlon Brando caricature. Yeah. Which which there's a fantastic Marlon Brando impersonation in this. It is not my business what a man does for a living. But this meat cube invention that you have created is the stupidest, dumbest, most lame idea in the history of stupid, dumb, lame ideas I have ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> which, which helps sell. That definitely helps sells it more. Like that. That's when you feel like okay. Like you like subconsciously, you can feel like okay. 
they're putting the time and effort into this because like like anybody can try and do like a third rate Brando impersonation, which I'm yeah. certain Rob's going to try and do at some point in the next <laughs> five to ten minutes. It's yet by <laughs> by them doing it, it, they're actually like trying. And it's like I oh, I can't do it. I, the, the day of my oh, I can't do it. So I'm not even gonna try. On the day so, of my daughter's wedding. There you go. I practiced. I told you I was gonna practice. I practiced. <laughs> Ever since and who do lost you want, And who do you want to do this kissing? Mauri Povich. I love that line in the beginning of this movie. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> well, that's a weird thing too. During this, is that it take like there's cell phones in it. Oh what? yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a robot. Yep. There's cell phones. Yep. Oh, yeah. It's definitely um, more. It's anachronistic, according or in referencing the original Godfather for sure. Oh yeah, because like you do have all the elements. Like you have the fact like he has the cat on his desk, and, <laughs> and like you hear the cat purring. So it's like okay, the cats can obviously play a role in this. Yeah. If the cat's purring, and obviously at the end of the scene he eats the whole cat. Oh like, yeah. I, that that was good. I enjoyed that. Um, the whole thing with Johnny Paisano, and it's like I want—I want to be—I want to be the star in what's it called? Electric, uh, oh, Electro Robo Boogie Two, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> he goes, I want to be in that though, but the stupid producer won't let me. Yeah. And then we, ha- and then even the fact that like, Sonny in the movie is like, here's the, here's my redheaded uh, lawyer stepson. Oh and yeah. Like adopted that, adopted lawyer son yeah adopted lawyer son. that's another thing i really enjoyed about this everybody has these really like even though they're long but they're said in a very concise way but they're, again they're long mm-hmm. and it's just constantly rubbing he goes obviously to the producer and it's like there's no way johnny paisano's getting a role in my movie yeah it's like it's the horse i'm like oh my god my horse and it's like but i don't care what happens he's it's also it's a john travolta impersonation more or less right johnny paisano never gets that part uh, yeah <laughs> and obviously this this is clearly rob humor like much like how oh, i yeah. said rob has written wonder shows in in the shivering truth this oh my is, god yeah i guess update i actually do think i wrote the shivering <laughs> truth after seeing it <laughs> and yet We know that when a butterfly flaps its wing in Sheboygan, it can set into motion a chain of escalating gusts that eventually results in a hurricane in Bali. Scientists claim this proves the chaotic nature of our universe. But Dr. Derek Highbury has just discovered it is actually because all butterflies hate Bali. His research has revealed that the Balinese use crushed butterfly skulls as a table seasoning. And a common beverage in Bali is butterfly tears, traditionally guzzled listening to Balinese disco made from the screams of butterflies whose genitals are being rhythmically electrocuted. When asked to comment, the entire population of Bali pretended to be asleep for six years. This, th- it's that type of humor where it's like, okay, first it's the horse, which we all know from The Godfather. Mm-hmm. Then it's what, like... Um, I think it's a hippo go- next. It's a hippo. We go through adventures like, oh, an elephant. Yeah, the elephant's the last week. I think there's only three. Okay. And, and then he's I like, think- okay, Johnny Paisano can have the part. <laughs> that's Rob humor. Like, that's the kind of stuff, and again, that's, like, you know where it's going. The question then becomes, how, how absurd is it going to get until the joke terminates? Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to say about that scene in particular, I really do love that scene because, yes, it is Rob. Of course you do. 
And when when he finds the elephant head in his bed in the, on the third time, and then he like he look the, like the shot widens up, and you see the rest of the <laughs> elephant's body on in the bedroom. The the guy's like, oh, that's no suicide. <laughs> <laughs> Must be an amazingly sound sleeper. Ah, that's no suicide. Okay, Johnny Paisano can have that part. So while yes, I love the humor in the dialogue, I also have to say I've always loved the way that these those three scenes are put together. Because the first one, you know, it's exterior shot of the guy's house. And then it goes into like this one fixed angle on his bedroom where you see the covers pulled up, him sleeping, and you see the window. And then the whole horse head thing happens. When the next scene starts, same exact establishing shot of his um, house. Same exact establishing shot of the bedroom with the covers pulled up, but you see a ladder at the window being taken away. Third time, same exact shots, you actually see a thumb walking down the ladder as like in silhouette because the window's closed before taking the the ladder away. And I've I've always kind of liked that, you know, just that little touch of detail that it it is him going into a window with an elephant. There's a whole bodied elephant in this room and this this is implying that all of these animals carcasses he's brought in through a ladder and a window. That is amazing. I've always loved that like deep implication with just that little touch on the side. Steve Odekirk, wherever you are, this is this is the most amount of thought anyone has ever put into one of your your short films. Yeah, hire me for um, Kung Pao Two, which has been TBA I think for fifteen years. Hire hire me on that, Steve-O. <laughs> uh, but yes, even like during that sequence, the guy in the bed's like, "Wow, I must be a really heavy sleeper." Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I must be an incredibly sound sleeper. <laughs> so right. speaking of speaking of Johnny Paisano, I have to talk about, as I mentioned before, his introduction and the worst song in human history. <laughs> Whenever I see a beautiful girl, oh, it is it is immaculate how bad the vocals on this song are. Um, well, I'll put the clip in, of course. I'm not going to attempt to sing it, even though I know all the words, because it's whenever I see a beautiful girl, I see a girl. That is beautiful. Those are the words. <laughs> like to sing a little song for you. No, please, please. Little song I like to sing whenever I see a beautiful girl. <laughs> oh my God. You know it, huh? It's called Whenever I See a Beautiful Girl. Maestro. Whenever I see a beautiful girl, I see a girl who is beautiful. Beauty is B O I F E O I L O B O C. 
That's who I see. So dreamy. But when he first comes into the wedding, the godfather's daughter's wedding, he, he jumps up to the microphone and he says, Hey, everybody, I just flew in from Miami and boy, is my airplane tired. <laughs> hey, everybody, I just flew in from Miami and boy, is my airplane tired. When I saw this the first time when I was like nine or ten years old, I was well aware from my parents of the joke. I just flew in from Miami and boy, are my arms tired. So this switch of it, I was just like, that, that was a formative Rob moment in his childhood when he was like, hey, everybody, I just flew from Miami, and boy, is my airplane tired. You probably saw the God Thumb before the real Godfather, right? Oh, oh, yes. I've also now seen the God Thumb more than I've seen the real Godfather. <laughs> That's not, okay, I've seen the God Thumb more than the real Godfather. Oh, okay, okay. I thought the I thought the Godfather was all right. It didn't really stand out to me to any major major ex, um, extent. You know, it's kind of like all those old crime movies, like uh, Goodfellas and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, it's a story. You know. Yes, yeah, except the Godfather is like seven hours long, and the second one's like I think fifteen hours long. Yeah, I think I don't think I've watched all the the second one. I think that there was a point where I was like, I want to go through like the move the classics or like the movies that everybody tells me I need to see. And for some reason, I started with the Lord of the Rings movies, and that just burnt me out. And that, and I like watched like the first Godfather, part of the second. And I was like, "Fuck this! I'd rather watch movies that I don't know are good." Because clearly, everybody telling me about the Lord of the Rings was wrong, dead <laughs> wrong. I hate all of those movies. So I, we I, I think we we talked about Johnny Paisano. We got that. Johnny That's Paisano kind of our great. Like, oh, I he is great. Yeah, he's a great character in this. Um, he might be my second favorite character. In the entire thumb series behind the one eye thumb. Okay. Uh, uh, because there, it feels like he does belong in another world. Like, I, they have, like, I, okay, not to skip too far ahead to the end of this, though, but with kind of like the, the credit scene with him and the fact that we see him with the movie role. Oh my God, I love the one in the hospital with, he, with the, ro the robots in a hospital bed, and he's like, oh, tell me, doctor. Will he make it, doctor? Will he live? Will my Robo Boogie Bot live? Robo Boogie Bot? Robo Boogie Bot? He does live! My Robo Boogie Bot lives! He lives, he's a Robo Boogie Bot! I had to wonder, like, was that, like, could they have done, like, a, like, I have to imagine Steve Oderkirk must have been trying to shop this around as a TV series. I I have never heard anything like that, but I would not be surprised. It makes the most sense. I, I have to think that, like, he did, what, the first one was Thumb Wars, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's, okay, it's a Star Wars parody. Like, first and foremost, that's what it's always going to be known as. Yep. And, and it's like, I guess Jimmy Neutron took off, so he didn't need that, like, yeah. like, constant source of money. I guess that was just like, oh, like... This is successful. Why try to do something new if I have something that works? Mm -hmm. Because, like, as I was watching, it's like you could do a lot with these characters. Like, like this would be a perfect, like, early two thousands Comedy Central show. Like, I could very easily oh, yeah. imagine this being like next to South Park, and oh god, I'm trying to think what else would be up there. Like Doctor Katz, sure, something like that. Like, I could definitely imagine that being up there with like Squiggle Vision. 
like uh, this. Well, back when South Park actually was like hand hand animation, mm-hmm. it's it's like that's the sort of thing because like th- there is like uh, as weird as this may sound, there is an art form to this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which is weird that nobody's like I'm shocked that nobody's like gone to him and been like, "Can we do this again?" That's what we're gonna do, Zach, with all these great ideas I have. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're gonna do with all these great ideas I have. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm gonna come up with the titles and. You and Steve Odekirk will do the rest. Because I got I'll, one of us is going to have to stay with the restaurant, Zach. We can't both switch over to the thumb movies. Uh, I, I think it's interesting, though. Zach, I find it odd that Steve Odekirk does not like direct any of these. Like he's yeah, he's like a producer on them. And that's kind of it. Yeah, he's more the uh, you know kind of creative force behind it. You know, in in terms of I think the the writing and the producing and the the voice acting and a lot of stuff like that. But yes, uh, uh, God thumb. Like, like, like I said, I, I'm not the biggest fan of The Godfather, so some of the jokes are funny, though, but no. Uh, the, the stuff where they, again, where they get creative in the world where these thumbs live, again, like Johnny Paisano, mm-hmm. that's what I want. Where you have all, like, especially, like, toward the end, too, where we have, uh, what's, what's God, I guess his name's just Godthumb, right? Yeah, it's just the Godthumb. The Godthumb. And we sit there, we have him naming all the sons, I think we already talked about. <laughs> yeah. Red-headed yeah, lawyer son. Yeah, the, uh, and then. lawyer, yeah. But like we have like and like he goes through all the ones and he's like oh and Fredo, you don't really do much. You yeah, don't have much of a role in this one. Yeah, and the, he even he says like I don't talk much in this a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a really yeah. good one. Oh yeah, like that sort of stuff. And obviously, like you said we go to the wedding and we sit there have uh, that sort of stuff. We have was it uh, Al Pacino and they do a pretty good. They do a really like even though obviously Marlon Brando impersonation overshadows everything mm-hmm. the Al Pacino one is for like a young Al, like Al Pacino now and again, I don't know how much of a parody he was back like in the early 2000s <laughs> but now like Al Pacino is such a parody of himself yeah, yeah it's like what are we doing guys what kind of movie is this mm-hmm. and it's like oh god like it's sad the way it's like like seeing a like Robert De Niro now in the movie is like oh god man like you actually like people respected you yeah it's like you were just like like, like a paycheck actor yeah uh but no like I, that's another thing too because obviously what, what's Michael Corleone's name in this oh is it Mickey? Michael, I think it's right? Mickey I think it's Mickey. Mickey hey Mickey you're so fine Mickey okay. Uh, but even that, like we, have, like we have certain moments too with him. Like, in, he shoots the the mayor and the uh, the, the police commissioner. <laughs> oh, at the uh, at Badger Burger, the kitty Badger. restaurant. That well, you have to believe that's coming up when we talk about snacks. <laughs> I, I would be disappointed if it wasn't. Yeah, because obviously he goes into the bathroom to find the gun, and it's like, where is the? Where is it? Then we hear the guy in the next. But where are you, gun? <laughs> <laughs> low hanging fruit i just thought of that that's great <laughs> and, he, and he goes looking for it and obviously the other guy in the other stall is like this is a toilet paper where'd you plant it oh come on oh come on oh. <sighs> hey this isn't toilet paper uh but anyway he, he goes back obviously in the badger rest the badger burger and then we see like the like the newspaper headline, and it's like police co- police commissioner and mayor killed. And then like the next one, like the newspaper spins again, and it's like assailant still not found. The next one is newspaper spinning across the city. <laughs> it's, like, it's like yeah, like, headlines like, hard to read or something yeah. like that. <laughs> again, like when they play with the world they're living in. Not to repeat myself, like that's the type of humor I want. Not just sure. let's just throw something in because oh, it made the writers laugh at the time. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. I see what you're yeah. saying. 
Yeah, okay. Goddamn, and obviously the fact that uh, Goddum gets like shot to pieces, and all that's <laughs> left is just his head. And he starts doing the orange thing with the orange, the orange peel in his yep. mouth. The reason Goddum Goddum gets shot, I I do want to bring up, is because the Goddum has pitched an investment opportunity for the <laughs> Meat Cube Magician. Uh, I'm pretty sure his name is Don Bazazini, and Don Bazazini wants Goddum to invest in a machine. That doesn't make meat balls. It makes meat cubes. And his pitch is that when you wake up in the middle of the night to eat and you want to heat up a plate of spaghetti and meatballs and then you try and go back into your bed, this, the meat ball rolls onto the floor and gets in all the cat hair. That though, I need money for a venture. You, of course, will receive a share of the proceeds from my venture. What do you say? Uh... I understand why you come to me, Don Bazazini, but uh, if I am to invest in your venture, I must know what your venture is. I thought you'd never ask me. Hit it, boys! Hey, sure, everybody loves a meatball, but let me ask you something. Don't you hate it when you reach for your nice meatball with your fork and you miss and it is slipping the slide all over the place and then it falls on the floor with all the cat hair? You just ruined a perfectly good meatball. But this wouldn't have happened if it was a meat cube. Spugatsamalachu. I give you the original meat cube magician. Huh? There you have it. The meat cube. What do you think, Goddum? No. That line is in the movie. I don't really understand the cat hair joke. I don't know, like, do Italians have a lot of cats? Uh, because it's not the God Thumb pitching this. It would make sense if it was the God Thumb, because the God Thumb is the one with all the cats that he's eating. Whatever. But, so he's like, now we have a meat cube, and it doesn't roll off your plate. And the God Thumb's like, this is the stupidest idea I've ever heard of. And we get a great a great scene where Don Bazzazzini is just pitching different shapes that he might make meat things in. And one of them, he's like, Line segments, it's great. But the thing I want to bring up is we get to see two vendor stands in this movie. One is for the meat cubes. When, you know, after the Godthumb doesn't want to invest, we see Don Bazzazzini out trying to sell his meat cubes. And it says meat cubes 0.25 on his little sign. Now we're going to assume that that's 25 cents. Okay, Zach? Mm. Okay. The next vendor we see is when the God Thumb goes to buy kittens from the kitten vendor because he has to eat more kittens. <laughs> and the sign on the vendor, it says kittens, and then it says five cents with the cents symbol. So are you telling me that a kitten costs one-fifth of a meat cube? Like, or, or, is, or is the meat cube 0.25 of a cent? So then, so that you would need, what, four, so like 20 meat cubes to make one kitten. What is the conversion? Did you think about this, Zach? What is the conversion in this universe from meat cubes to kittens? Folks, folks, do you hear that sound? I haven't heard it in a while. That's not a no. This he's is sucking, putting the fun he's into sucking things. sucking the fun out of something again. How is trying to figure out the economic equivalence between cats and meat cubes sucking fun out of things? That's more fun. Rob, who do we tweet to? Do we tweet to Steve Odekirk and ask yes. him oh, what yeah. the... Uh, monetary uh policy is didn't isn't it, it, twitter it, we have more characters now so we could actually we might be able to type out this whole thing to him in one tweet yeah or you know what we could do we could actually like get like a word document 
take a screenshot of it so we have like 800 <laughs> words and then you post it as an image to him. <laughs> we write an essay on this and post it as an image. <laughs> I like Mr. it. Mr. Odekirk. I like it. I like it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what do you think, Zach? What should cost more, kittens or meat cubes? What do you think? Well, to be fair, a kitten, all you need is a pregnant cat. A meat cube, you need the technology, you need the machinery. You, you got to compact. Exactly. Yeah. What if, now hear me out, we made a kitten meat cube? Oh, my God. That'd be like, <laughs> God, what's five times 0. .25? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's great. Okay. Okay. So I did want to bring that up. That uh, that I've always I've been thinking about that for years, Zach. What's the conversion? What is the con- what's the equivalence between those things? Rob lays awake at night and, and wakes up in screaming fits, trying to <laughs> resolve that sort of mystery yeah. in the God Thumb. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so the other thing I do want to bring up, which you already mentioned, is Badger Burger. Like I said, that'll come back when we talk to snacks. But I absolutely love. The waiter character, the badger, the ba- the Barnacay badger, and like how fast he talks, the facial expressions that they give him are just crazy. Hi, I'm Barnacay Badger, and I'm gonna be your Badger Burger waiter for this evening. Okay, here are some menus. Okay, I'm gonna be right back to Badger for your order. And that that has always stuck out to me as just such a, a nonsense side character. Because if I remember correctly from the God Thumb. It's like a regular diner, and I don't even think they have a waiter. Like, I think it's they just, well, like, go up to the counter to order or something. Some, like, they just well, get fixed, right? Well, it's an Italian restaurant, because obviously, Italians. Mm, okay, that's... And, okay. And, and they're in a restaurant, like, by themselves. And that's always one of the weird things about, like, The Godfather. It's like, oh, Michael Corleone brings these two to, like, an empty restaurant. Or I think it's like, one or two people eating. Mm-hmm. It, it's more or less an empty restaurant, and you do like, and the whole point is like, it's a setup. Like, obviously, the wait staff puts the gun in the bathroom for you. Yeah. Them. Oh. They know like this is going. Like, they know like something will happen. They just don't know what. That's right. And that's what, so like if that's a funny thing. It's like, oh, what would happen? Like, you take that scene and instead of it happening like in a probably a front Italian restaurant. What would happen if it happened like a, like a Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah, exactly. That's like that's the sort of funny humor you can do with a parody. Yeah, that you can't do with something like again, like South Park. Again, you can't do that with anything but a a specific parody, or else it comes across as like irreverent. Mm -hmm. Exactly. No, I think I guess I think that's clever. I I thought that was clever considering what we're supposed to be again the juxtaposition from The Godfather to the films events to just this, where clearly. It's a kid. He brings him to a kitty restaurant. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. All right. I think the last thing I have to mention, since we already talked about Electro Robo Boogie Two trailer, which is our credits scene, um, our one-eyed thumb. Our one-eyed thumb is apparently a member of this crime family because we get to see him celebrating with the rest of the thumbs at the end when Mickey decides they're going to be in the business of justice and they're all celebrating and you get to see him in the, in the party. And that, that's really kind of how the movie ends too, that they're just like, we're going to be in justice. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Yeah. There's something I thought was peculiar with this. It kind of just ends all of a sudden. And there's really no like, what's the like, conclusion. It's just like, okay, here we go. Back. Yeah. Maybe he had plans for like the God thumb two or something. And that never. Uh, felt probably. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So anything else you got about the, uh, God thumb Zach? No, it's it's one of the better ones. Right on, right on. Good. I'm glad it's to hear. It's further from the bottom where most of them reside. <laughs> oh man. Okay. 
let's move on to Rob's favorite thumb movie by a mile. And as I think Zach already said, his least favorite thumb movie. And let me add to that a little more. I want to just display how polarized we are right off the bat. I think, Zach, you already said in this episode that this is a reason you don't want to be alive anymore. Yes. I would say this is one of the things that keeps me alive. Much like uh, things like uh, Donnie Darko, Across the Universe, The Ultimate Cut of Watchmen, It's Such a Beautiful Day. Last week, Bill's class took a field trip to the beach. His half-brother, Randall, came along. A little boy in the special class with aluminum hook arms, whose mind was as misshapen as his legs. No one at school really knew him because he always rode a separate bus and was taught to stand within the confines of a tetherball circle every recess. In the late afternoon, Randall was over with the adults when he spotted a gull overhead. His eyes burst with emotion and he suddenly took off stumbling after it. Tears streaming down his little face, he stretched his aluminum hooks as wide as he could towards the sun, howling, Boon, Boon, and disappeared into the deep blue sea. The other kids were surprised he could even run that fast. This is my life force. Things like this are what make life worth living, Zach. And if That's we needed if we needed any more uh, any more <laughs> explanation on how different Zach and I are, I think this discussion will serve to add to that. <laughs> As I was watching this, I was saying, "What's worse than the Blair Witch Project? A parody of the Blair Witch Project?" Which I'll, there are. There are moments of this which are entertaining. Like, don't get me wrong, this movie definitely mocks the the original film, or I guess the source. I think that's something I wanted to ask you. When was the last time you saw the original Blair Witch? Uh, my history with that film was, I, for the longest time, I thought it was real. Because I didn't okay. know any better. It was just, it was just like, I remember... Like, you yeah, things. yeah, that I was, their, was their marketing tactic, wasn't it? That it was real. Yeah. Yeah, and plus, my, I, I think I my main memory of that is I remember seeing the poster of it in a movie theater while I lived in Florida. It was just like, I remember it made a lot of money because I think that was the that was ninety nine. So that was the same year yeah. as Star Wars and all the other ones. But that was a big year for movies. And um, I got it on DVD. I think like in two thousand five at an FYE because I, I I always wanted to see it. It was like oh, mm-hmm. they, it was those movies. I never played it on TV. It was it was hard to come. Well, for me, it was hard to come by. And so when I did watch it, I'm like, oh, like, if you don't know any better, you do think it's real because no, there's there's nothing really. Yeah, there's nothing in it that would make you think, oh, this is fake. It's just a bunch of people going in the woods and something might or might not be chasing them. That's kind of why it, it garnered so much attention and cultural significance is because that, you know, they, they play it like it is real, like completely. And I think it was one of the first found footage movies to do that or. I don't know my history is as good as Zach does, I'm sure. But, you know, as far as I know, this is the first found footage movie that, you know, I ever came into contact with. And it's one of the only ones I really know. All right. This is going to be the crapping on things that people find popular podcast. All right. <laughs> I love that me, podcast. This, this is what pisses me off about the Blair Witch Project. People, not so much now, but like a few years ago, you see people talking about this movie or writing articles about like, maybe not even articles, like this would be like on Bravo, like a Bravo would do like their 100 most like scary movie moments. Mm-hmm. This would be like in the top 20 and they'd be talking about this, like this movie was terrifying. And again, it's meant for mouth breathers on like the E channel. I get it. 
But it's it's like, no, this is not a scary movie. It's not an effective movie. There's nothing scary in this movie. If you don't have a headache by the end of it, it's nothing short of a miracle. What it was, it was marketing at its finest. That movie oh, yeah. is it's there's no, I don't think there's ever been a marketing campaign in the history of movies that was as effective as that movie was. Okay. Like and I know certain things came along like paranormal activity that tried to kind of like ride the line of like mm-hmm. oh is this real but like clearly this is a movie. Yeah. Cuz cuz I do feel like if if people like after Blair Witch I think it became kind of like a stigma in Hollywood if you try selling something fake is real you're going to piss a lot of people off. It's that. It's like, okay, oh, you got me, Blair Witch. But if you do it again, I'm gonna be angry. <laughs> and that's kind of what the, like that's what Blair Witch was. Like, it's not a good movie. Um, I get why you would parody it, but the problem though is that like it, it's another example. And I don't blame them for doing this because clearly, considering that the Thumb series was so popular in the early 2000s, this would clearly be like, oh, like we have to do this. Like it would be up there with yeah. the tracks. It would be up there with like Austin Powers. Like yep. if you're going to do a parody, like in 2000, you have to do this. That's a good point. But the problem though is that like it's just it's 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 marketing. There's no substance to the Blair Witch Project as a movie. Like you like you can't go back and like you can't watch that movie knowing it's a sham because nothing scary happens into mm-hmm. it. It's just it's like whoever's holding the camera has Parkinson's. And that's pretty much that's what it is at the end of the day. I do love in the Blair Thumb we get a shot where she's like, "Here's my books I've been studying up," and one of them is unsteady unsteady camera techniques. That's awesome. And she's like, "I'm I'm very well read." Oh yeah, I I know. In a lot of my problems with the Blair Thumb is not the 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 actual parody film that it is. Mm -hmm. It's just I cannot stand the Blair Witch. I I can't stand found footage films. Like okay. when when they did it in 1999, it was a bold artistic choice. Yes. Now it's like it makes you angry because it's just it's, it's a cop out. It's a very again path of least resistance way of doing something. Again, this is not the Blair Thumbs' fault. I guess I should make that loud and clear. Uh, I, I am I am I like to think that I I have a high enough opinion or oh my god how to describe this I have Alice? a high enough thought. Yeah, no. I, I have a high high enough thought process to ah. understand. Just because something doesn't appeal to me, it doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As, as I've said before, if if even though I might not like chocolate chip cookies, if somebody gives me a plate of the best ones possible, even if I don't like them because that's not my cup of tea mm-hmm. or my my type of cookie, I can at least appreciate what went into it. And not to say with this, like I, I can't really imagine that trying to make a found footage movie. In the thumb world, it's probably difficult enough making a normal one where you can just kind of like lock the camera down. Yeah, to have a camera constantly like making a found footage film with with your thumbs doing stuff that probably took a lot of effort. So I guess it's not fair to to dunk on this, which I don't want to. Mm-hmm. But I, on a personal level, I just did not like this because it's just not my. I don't like. Think about it. if you don't like something, the last thing you want to do is see it parodied in a very similar <laughs> to way to how the original yes. thing you don't like. Yes. Uh, but no, certain things like Rob mentioned, like the joke is being about like all these like textbooks and how to be like how to like not hold the camera properly one on one. Yeah. Um, unstable, like, like like stuff like that. It's it's like oh, it's like how to shoot a movie without a tripod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the um like the opening uh text for the Blair Thumb is yeah. I, I love the opening text where it goes, it says in October or some month of the year, th- three film students went into the woods to film a documentary, dot dot dot, and then it reveals without a tripod. 
I love the without a tripod, and I love that's good. No, it's, that's in, in October or some month of the year. Like that's great. <laughs> no, like, like this movie does have its moments. Again, like I've said, that's the sort of stuff I like when they're actually poking fun at the source material. Okay, but once again, like when they're in the tent and like the shark comes in, and it's like, oh, that's one of the greatest things ever. Zach. Of course it. Of course it. <laughs> that is one of the greatest things. I love that scene. I love that a shark attacks him in the woods. I love the dialogue that they have. Like, Jish is like, take the girl, leave us alone. And then you have, like, punch it in the nose. It's called a snout. No, don't punch it. Don't you watch Discovery? I don't have cable. Like, it's so fast-paced. It's so funny. And I, I, I don't know. There's something about that scene that I just... I could watch that, like, just that scene and in, and love the shit out of it, you know? Well, I guess my complaint is not... The, like you said, yes, because some of the jokes were funny because they're like, I don't have this... It's like, don't you watch Discovery? <gasps> What's happening here? <gasps> you, think, you think it's gone? before that it's like punch the nose no that just irritates it yeah <laughs> like there is that rapid like you said rapid fire back and forth mm-hmm. but the thing about those like even though that's funny the catalyst for that dialogue is unnecessary it's like like you yeah. have a shark puppet it's like oh or not puppet or, or stuffed animal mm-hmm. it's like oh I, like that's the kind of thing where it's like clearly you have witty people writing this dialogue and they're able to execute it properly yeah, you couldn't think of something that just kind of fit in a little bit better to what you were going for. It's like, why not have Bigfoot? Well, like, no, I think, but I think that is part of the joke that they're in the middle of the woods, and what's what would you never see? It would be a shark. Like, I think that's part of the parody. Of course, you you yeah. understand that, but yeah, I mean, but it's irreverent. But again, you can be your have your reverent humor like that. But the catalyst of it is just off-putting to me. It's like, oh, okay, and, then, okay. and then just a shark shows up. It's kind of like when you what was that? What was it? Uh, the Cleveland show where his neighbor's a bear. It's like, oh, there's a, a bear that a lives Russian next bear. <laughs> Whatever. It's like, like it's just like, oh, it's your reverence for the sake of. It's like, oh, let's just have a shark show up in the tent. Why? Because it's funny. But what's that have to do with what we're trying? Like our parody, nothing. Um, no, see, can, I, I understand what you're saying, but that's where I have to disagree. I think it has something to do with it because it is impossible in that situation. If it was Bigfoot, it would be it would be funny, but it it would make sense. It's in the woods, you know. You're never gonna see a shark. It's absurd. Okay, like I said, two each is a rock. Yes, rock well, of course. Rock, yeah, rock, we, we prefaced rock, the differences already, so it's fine. <laughs> well, no, but like that's I said no because I don't argue that the uh, the resulting dialogue from that. I said that's funny. That's all I want from this, though. I just wish there was a the setup was a little bit more attuned to what was to, to the, the plot of this, which event which has to be based around satire of the stupid witch movie. Yes. 
Okay. Okay. Understand. But no, I understand because some of the stuff that like they're in the car and they're bickering, and I start getting like post-traumatic stress flashbacks <laughs> to like, oh god, there's 95 minutes of this movie where this actually happens, and it made like 200 million dollars worldwide. <laughs> it's like, good. oh god, no, no, make it stop. That's funny. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I think I have to say that. Um, I guess we were, what I asked you earlier, you know, when's the last time you saw the Blair Witch and you gave your history with it, all that stuff. I have not seen it in an incredibly long time. I think I might have saw it, you know, either the year or the year after it came out. And I didn't really care for it. I cared more about the fact that it was found footage. Like that movie, truly for me in my history, introduced me to the concept of found footage. And I've loved that ever since, you know. Well, when it's done appropriately and you know I, i've learned my lesson by like being excited for things like cloverfield and quarantined and and then they're just stupid fucking love stories like everything else uh story for another time um but you know since i'm not so as familiar with the blair witch i think i latch on to the parts of this parody which zach might call more irreverent like the shark thing like the um I think there's like a 30 second clip from from this movie, the Blair Thumb, where it's just two thumb characters and they have a life sized marshmallow and they're going marshmallow, mellow, and they're so excited about it and they're like chanting marshmallow, and that has nothing to do with the plot at all. You get the supplies? Got it. Mallow, baby. Marsh, baby. Marshmallow. Mallow. Don't give it all here. Just happy to have it. Was that in the, the original movie? I don't know. I don't remember. But damn, that's funny to me. I but love that, that scene. But the difference between the marshmallow, which I remember, and the shark <laughs> is that, like, marshmallow, camping trip, goodies on a camping trip. That makes sense for what the thumbs are doing. <laughs> I'm going to say it's a shark. Shark is a, it's a no. subversion of expectations. Don't you know that's a dirty phrase to use in 2018? It's a, it's a dirty phrase, but when I realized it at 11 years old watching this movie, it was not a dirty phrase, and it was a funny thing. <laughs> <sighs> but, okay, because this is... All right, I'm trying to figure out how... Okay, first I want to just tackle this before we get any further. Um, Robin, okay, Robin had this joke he'd tell me in high school saying, you know how many songs there'd be on the, rock, on the Guitar Hero Best of Kiss game? <laughs> <laughs> Zero. Oh, you're damn right. They don't Rob, have any you know, Rob, you know how many good found footage films there are? Mm, zero. Zero. That I might actually agree with you with. I don't know if that's, I've ever seen one that I've, I've actually liked at the end of the day. There, there are no good found footage films because that does not make a movie. Somebody who the whole point of found footage is somebody who doesn't know how to use a camera properly is using a camera. Mm -hmm. That that's like somebody. That's like somebody, uh, a chef, cooking that doesn't know how to use an oven. It's not, it's it's <laughs> flawed from the core. There there's no good thing that can come of it. Yeah, that's I like that analogy. Where you know, let's say, um, let's say a real movie. I'm using air quotes, of course, uh, for this conversation. A real movie, Hollywood produced, whatever, major studio production. That's like a chef cooking you a real meal that they created. When we get a found footage film, it's more like we have a famous chef. Just giving us a heated up frozen dinner. Except at least the frozen dinner is edible. <laughs> you can at least consume that. So, so, okay, so the found footage is um, when the it's professional weird. chef at the Cinemodities restaurant comes out and gives you the 
paper, the potato chip wrapper to eat. <laughs> well, okay, going back to your analogy, if, okay. if we're going back to the TV dinner uh, analogy, it's essentially a TV dinner where the meal is cooked in like the plastic melts into the food. Oh, like they didn't they didn't remove the plastic to vent it or anything. What, however you want to interpret that, but everybody's had a frozen TV dinner at some point. Imagine you put that in the microwave and somehow the plastic melts into it, whether it be the tray, the plastic film. Yeah, that or is it's a, like when you when you film. when you put a frozen pizza in the oven and you don't take the cardboard Card- thing yes. and there it just burns. Yeah, okay. That's what you have. You have, yes, you can pick out the parts that are edible, but at the end of the day, you're going to probably throw out nine-tenths of it. Yeah, you might get, you know, a pepperoni or two, maybe some onions, a little bit of cheese, some crust, but you're not eating that whole pizza the way it was intended to be eaten. No, and you're, and you're not happy. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I honestly, I think you're right. The one caveat would be this, the Blair Thumb. This is the but one not, found footage. Fa- but it's not a found footage film, though. I it's mean, a parody of a found footage It's a parody film. of, but it's shot in that style. Because it's a parody. It's not being... That, yeah, it's, it's, but, the only reason why it's being shot that way is because that's what the source material was done. Well, yeah, so is a, is a parody of a Christmas movie not a Christmas movie? No, it's a parody. I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't. That's a discussion for another time. What a parody is in relation to other genres, but I have to say I disagree. All right. Okay. <laughs> Transition. We're gonna we're gonna make this good. This is what I'm gonna try to figure out. Rob likes this movie because he's un, he likes it at its core, more or less uh, divorce partitioned from the actual Blair Witch film. Oh yeah, agree. I cannot do that. I, I, uh, I, I just because of our our experiences. I imagine Rob's probably in the very narrow category of people that have that. Oh God! Knew about the Blair Thumb before the main film. Is that yeah. what you say? <laughs> um, most likely, to be honest, it was You've probably seen like this more than the real film. Oh, definitely. Um, and I think you know it might actually be the case where I kind of went on my thumb scavenger hunt to find all six movies, and then I was like, oh, what is the Blair Thumb? What is this parodying? And that revealed the the Blair Witch Project to me. That totally could be the case. I just don't remember for sure. Okay. So, this, so transitioning this now into back to the whole thing about what makes a parody and what, what genre is a parody in. But let's okay. get tied into this. It's like looking at Scream versus Scary Movie. Okay. Scream is a satire of slasher films. Yes. Scary Movie is a parody of a satire of a genre. What genre is Scary Movie? Is it a horror movie or is it a comedy? Uh, I would say comedy, and I guess that's getting at something that I should bring up, is that I don't know if I would ever lump parody in as a genre. I would more lump parody in as a, I I don't think I'm thinking the right words, but a descriptor or an adjective. And yes, that's what a genre is, but I think a genre is something more well-defined. Like, you would have a genre, and then in the subset of those, you could have a parody of that. But But it would still be in that genre. Okay. But this is what I mean, though, is that, yes, you can, you can boil down genres to anything. Like, you could do art films are a genre. It's so bad, it's good as a genre. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, thump, yep. You could do that, though. But my, but my issue is, is that, look, take Young Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Young Frankenstein is a satire of Frankenstein movies and, and things of that ilk. Yeah. It's a satire, not a parody. Because it is taking all these different concepts and blending them together. Okay. Which which could be said about scary movie because it is blending and I don't want to get off on that tangent too far. Mm-hmm. But the thing about the Blair Thumb is that the Blair Thumb is is clearly a parody, and that's and that's what I'm trying to get at is that it's a it's a parody and parodies are inherently comedies. 
And this, and, you know, this okay. is kind of, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm arguing against the point that Rob really wasn't arguing against. No, no, I think I, I I'm, think kind, of fighting with the, I'm kind of fencing with the wall right here. I, I think I get what you're getting at, but, uh, well, yes, I, I would agree with you that a parody in, in some sense is intrinsically a comedy for what a parody is. But at the same time, why, why can't we consider the Blair Thumb a found footage comedy? Because it's not because it's only a found footage film because the source material was that. That's what I kind of mean though is that comparing this to something like scary movies, like the the Blair Witch is such a specific type of movie. Yes, yes. You can't just real. You can't call that like, besides a found footage film. You can't call it a uh, psychological thriller. Like you can call Silence of the Lambs a psychological thriller. Yeah, movie. Mm-hmm. Like you you can do that. Um, you can call Get Out a psychological thriller over a horror film. Yeah, you're right there. The Blair Witch is is a found footage, found footage and more of just you know tension builder. It's, it's just like, yeah, no, no, absolutely wrong. But we're not well, no, that's what that. they're going for. Whatever you got from it is different. What they were going well, you, for is well, more I of what you categorize well, as genre. I put the DiGiorno pizza in the oven with the the, the plastic still on it and the cardboard <laughs> underneath. Yes, technically, I'm going for pizza. Yeah, even, yeah. Even though I bake it and it comes out so horrible, that's not what it is anymore. At the end of the day, but that aside, I'm going to concede that point for right now. The whole point is that I don't think the Blair Thumb is a fa- it's only found footage because the source material. If, if the Blair Witch, well, then I Thumb can, Wars is only a sci-fi space epic because it's parodying a sci-fi yes, space epic. Exactly. What I don't I don't understand. Agreed wholeheartedly. Like, I'm glad yeah, we both agree. I mean, but, moved on. No, okay. it, the, I would say Thumb Wars. I would say the genre carries over. Absolutely. You can parody a movie without taking the base elements. So the, how about that? You can parody a movie without taking the base elements, or would you call that a satire? So, uh, depends on what you eventually end up with. Depends on the final product. I know, and be- I think this discussion is kind of what I've been leading towards is because we've been saying genre and parody and satire – does it come from the creators? Does it come from us? At the end of the day, everybody has different words for everything, and they lump different things in different categories, so it makes things like putting genres on these stupid. That, is, that's part of my background thoughts on all of this. It's like if someone says, oh, this is a thriller, and it goes, no, 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 this is an action. And it's like, who? Like, fuck you. Explain the movie to me, and I'll watch it. It doesn't matter what somebody categorizes it as. So that's my background thing. But at the same time, I do think genres are hereditary <laughs> nah. that'll be good, that'll be res- good. Res- we'll, we'll get to something else in here. well this will come back up on kung pao into the fist what what that what the hell that movie is <laughs> oh my god oh my okay. god well zach before we get into the other things this that was a great i'm glad we could talk about something that will engage you rather than me just talking <laughs> about jokes about the player. um i'm glad we got that in there but there is one, there's one thing I need, there's one line I have to bring up from the Blair Thumb that has stuck with me so much, I have, I'm saying it to this day. And it's actually very similar to something Zach brought up on way back when, our 2002 commercials bonus episode. You remember that from months ago? I didn't know he was a merman. No, Mama's got the power of Clorox. Oh. When Zach told his story about that commercial, I, if I recall correctly, Zach basically said whenever he saw someone using Clorox, that would come to mind. He'd be like, Mama's got the power of Clorox. Mama's got the magic of Clorox. Whenever anybody says the word nylon to me, I can do nothing but recite a line from the Blair Thumb. 
And it's after Jish gets taken out of the tent. He gets, like, pulled by the legs out of the tent. Our other two main characters, Stressy and Vic, short for victim, they go out in the woods running after them, uh, running after Jish, and they're like, we got to save him. And at one point, Stressy goes, we have to get back to the tent. And Vic goes, oh, yeah, because nothing can penetrate the nylon. <laughs> get back to the tent. Oh, sure. The tent's safe. Nothing can ever penetrate the nylon. Who could get through it? And so that this line has been forever funny to me. I, every time someone says nylon to me, like, uh, you know, maybe last winter I was in New York. I had to help my parents shovel snow. My parents are like, oh, here we got some, you know, nylon gloves for you. And I'm like, nothing can penetrate the nylon, you know. <laughs> I had to mention that because it's going to come up. We're going to talk about nylon eventually. And now we have the source material for the nonsense I'm going to say about it. Oh, my Lord. Nothing. Nothing can penetrate the nylon, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think it's I interesting that Rob has like a, like a catalog in his brain of like every single movie. He has like one line of dialogue he associates with it. Yeah, basically. Whether it be the nylon or from Thanks Killing, uh, Billy, we have to go to the library. What, what's it? Of course, Billy, we have to go to the library. <laughs> well, fuck, Billy, we go to the library. Remember all of those books that I was telling you that were written about this turkey? Yeah, so? Well, fuck, Billy, we go to the library. <laughs> Every movie Rob has cataloged in his brain based on one quote. It's like, oh, like Rob like at home, well, if Rob actually had physical movies, there wouldn't be spines <laughs> to the title. It would just be the quote written on the side of the box. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, that one. I'll pick that one off. Oh, man. Oh, that would be great just to be like uh, someone comes over here and I'm like, if I did have the spines with the quotes on them and be like, yeah, pick a movie. And they go like, what the hell is I'm pretty sure I left the stove on? And be like, oh, that's the goods. Live hard, sell hard. That's a great one. <laughs> Don, I don't mean to complain, but it's been a year and a half since I've been home. And I'm 90% sure I left my front door open. Oh, man. Yes. That's, 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 that's another Key and Peel sketch somewhere just waiting to be written. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Zach, I know you want to get to our real questions, but like I said before, we got to have a little spotlight. Got to talk about our modern thumb movies, okay? Okay. So I have a few, and maybe you can tell me if you like them, you don't like them, or if you thought of them. Some of them are low-hanging fruit, of course, but some of them I tried to improve upon. Um, I, I started with thinking of more recent movies. Since Steve Odekirk stopped making the thumb movies, I was like, well, what else is there par to parody now? But there are a few others I threw in there that I think are uh, cinemodities worthy. So the first one I want to throw out, uh, which I already told Zach I really like, Ready Player Thumb. I think that would be a great one, right? Oh, man, so much licensing. Oh, yes, very much licensing. Um, the next one I thought of, I was trying to think of Christopher Nolan, and I think Thumbception is is is, is the lowest-hanging <laughs> yeah. fruit. That's not yeah. low-hanging fruit. That's fruit that's rotting on the ground. That's how easy. Because after Inception came out, everybody was like, oh, nounception. Or any word-ception, and it was a joke. It was a meme, basically. So I, I thought a little bit more, and what about this? Thumbkirk. God damn it, that's what I thought of. I, was, <laughs> I literally was just about to say that. Yes! <laughs> so Thumbkirk would be a good one, right? That, that would be great. Like that, I, That's a good one. Yeah, we got because then we got like all this, the three. What is it? The three or four stories of Dunkirk, and they're all thumbs in different places of Normandy, and we get to see some war action. That would be awesome. 
Yeah, I could, I could hundred percent see that being, uh, if he was still doing these, I would definite, no question. Okay. Okay. So, so the next thing I thought of, I wanted to, uh, jump into one of Zach and I's favorites, which is probably also very, very easy. David Lynch, a racer thumb, you know, that's just low hanging. But I also thought, what about something like thumb Holland drive? Ooh. I would. So, so. The thing that I think with Thumb Holland Drive is I would just love to see the opening scene. Uh, it might not be the exact opening scene. I don't remember. But the, the weird, s- colorful silhouette of the people dancing. I would yeah. love to see that with thumbs. I think that would be so cool to see with thumbs. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay. I don't know how much of my next one. I don't know how much of a parody this would be. Or how you could parody such a movie. But when I thought of this title, I was just like, oh, I love it. Freddy Got Thumbed. The original title, if anyone doesn't know, is Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> so changing it to Thumbed. I know there's something I love about that concept. <laughs> I don't know how you make that. That might, oh, yeah, that, really, that might be an impossible know. movie to parody. <laughs> how, how do you parody, parody something that really has no, no core to it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and then after after I thought of that one, I, I decided, hey, I would I would take a dive into maybe some of the things we talked about on Cinemodities and maybe put thumbs on those. And it could be like a Cinemodities thumb special. So, of course, Zach, the first place I went was visual albums. Uh, we got, Who could have we seen got, that coming? We got Thumb Ocean's Thumbless. We got uh, Thumb Collective's Thumb Sack. And we got Yellow Thumb Marine. <laughs> Not the Marine Reef? Uh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> tangerine Reef is too suit, too suit to parody Tangerine Reef. Um, and that would be rated X if we parodied that, how sexual that movie is. Next one, I think, Zach, you'll like this. This is probably low-hanging fruit. Men, Women, and Thumbs. Ooh. <laughs> Child pornographer thumb. I would love to see, one, the Dean Norris thumb. And two, the Adam Sandler thumb cooking eggs at the end of the movie. I think those are great parody fodders. <laughs> and then the last one I have, which is a very recent one we talked about, which I'm sure Zach might have also thought about, of course, Silent Thumb, Deadly Thumb Part 2. <laughs> Somehow the parody is less goofy than the original work. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I think that's the problem when I when I like look through our old episodes of Cinemodities and what we've discussed. I was like, how the hell would you parody something like this? <laughs> Yeah, that that'd be a steep one. That that's all. That's my whole list. I like I like some of those. I like a lot of those. We'll we'll have to figure out which ones we're actually going to put our time and effort into making. But Zach, do you have any? Well, I decided to take a different approach. To this while Rob was uh, rambling on. Okay, is okay. that considering that Steve Oderkirk did these primarily in the early two thousands, and for whatever reason he just kind of gave up by like what two thousand what two three ish? Yeah, two or just, three. Yeah, I think was the last one came out. So I was looking at films from that era and seeing, like, what would he do? Instead of, like, what would I want to see, I'm trying to guess what would he would do next. Oh, okay. Based on, like what, would, like, what would be popular. Because things like The Blair Witch Project and Bat Thumb are kind of, like, distant. But at the same time, like, obviously, Thumb Wars, you, 1999 yep. Star Wars was ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, so I, went, I started in 2002. And I figured, like, beyond, like, again, we could do, like, Spider-Man would have been one, he probably, but that's, that's too easy. Yeah, like um, I was saying before, anything with man or woman in it, just put thumb, yeah, like, you got a yeah, I think Spider-Man would have been, like, he would have done that at one point. I, I think that would, that would have been a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. But no, uh, my big fat thumb wedding. 
Oh, I love it. I think that would have been a good one. I, I would hope that, because if I remember correctly, there's a point in that movie where, like, the guy has to convert to Judaism or something. I hope that there's, like, a thumb religious conversion scene in that. There you go. Uh, <laughs> another one I have would be, um, even though the first one came out in 96, it'd be Thumb in Black. Ah, nice. Okay. Not, not men in thumbs. Oh, <laughs> uh, you could do that too. Thumbs. No, I like thumbs in black. That makes thumb more in, sense. Thumbs in black. Thumb in yeah. black. Probably singular. I would love to see, um, however they pulled off the Vincent D'Onofrio thumb being a giant cockroach thing. That'd be, that'd be interesting. Cool. Yeah. Maybe they just get uh, an actual cockroach for that part of the movie. <laughs> I got two more uh, from 2002 that again, low hanging fruit would be, um, Harry Thummer. I'm guessing a Harry Potter. Mm. That's kind of a guaranteed one. Yep. And um, I don't know, Thumston Powers, an oh, Austin okay. Powers parody. Yeah. I figured that'd be another one that'd be a slam dunk. Yeah. Um, for 2003, this one's a little bit harder. Um, I think, again, Matrix, without a question, as we know, he probably, it's probably sitting in a drawer somewhere. Yeah, I think there, I think, um, I don't think we talked about it on this podcast. Maybe I mentioned it to Zach briefly, but there, at one point, there was a trailer for the Thumb Matrix. Yeah, so that's it was like it was like twenty five seconds long or something like that. Uh, next thing I would do from two thousand three would probably be something like a Thumb Almighty, Bruce Almighty, oh, where you okay. have a thumb that's the power to be God. You have yeah. Morgan Freeman thumb. Uh, <laughs> again, there's something like Lord of the Rings you could do, but that's I, I don't. That might be a, who knows. That could be another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one I feel what would have happened would have been. Um, Probably Pirates of the Thumberinian or Thumberinian oh. or something like that. Carathumian. There you go, Carathumian. I like it. Pirate. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You're so right. Pirates of the Carathumian. Yep. Uh, and then probably the last, probably two of the last ones would have been um, the Passion of the Thumb. <laughs> I like, like that. I like that. <laughs> I, I figure that's one where you, you can get a lot of people on board. And probably another one like the Thumb After Tomorrow. Oh, a disaster movie. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, disaster movie with thumbs would be good, for sure. Yeah, that's kind of... And, like, after that, you can kind of go a little bit further, but uh, you're kind of deviating a little too far away, because... Yeah, yeah, when you I get to the you, real obscure movies, and, and it's just like, why, <laughs> why would you want to parry that with thumbs? Like, I'm thinking of, like, someone... Not, it, it was later than the time period we're talking about, so I'm thinking of, like... Melancholia, like thumb and Kalia. Oh it's like, oh that's like, what the hell would that parody be? You know, Melanthumia or something like that. Pretty much, because like, I was even like thinking about um, like Thumb Kong, like the Peter Jackson mm. one. Uh, another one I thought would be clever would be like uh, Thumb uh, Thumb Crashers, Wedding Crashers. Oh yeah, yeah. The forty-year-old Thumb Virgin. I don't know. Would it would be the, the Thumb-year-old Virgin or something. That forty-year-old Thumb. <laughs> I don't know. The uh, thumb yeah. over, like the hangover, the thumb over. Yeah, that'd be another good one. Uh, ch- uh, the th- uh, Charlie Thumb in the Chocolate or the Thumb Factory. Yeah, okay, okay. Oh, now, uh, yeah. now the faucet's unstoppable. <laughs> the problem is that it's kind of just like, what can you write the like the most amount of jokes for? Yeah, yeah. Like, the, they'd probably be the, the Thumb Code. Mm-hmm. Thumb, at the, thumb at the Museum. Yeah, there you go. Happy oh, feet, but it'd be happy thumb. Happy thumb. <laughs> yeah. Not thummy feet? <laughs> well. That would be maybe, crazy. <laughs> maybe. Thumb formers. Uh, oh, now that. That I could totally see Steve Odekirk wanting to do, for sure. Uh, thumb hundred, three hundred. Oh, okay, okay. 
It could go on forever. <laughs> yeah. You could do you could do like the Dark Knight, the Dark Thumb. Uh, I think Twilight, Thumblight, probably would be another one that he probably would do at some point. Yeah, they would eat that up. I'm sure. Thumb Dog Millionaire, Thumb Dog Millionaire. Thumb Dog Mill. Oh, that's a good one, Zach. I should have thought of that one. Thumb Dog Millionaire. Uh, Avatar, Slam Dunk. The Blind Side, The Thumb Side. <laughs> Oh jeez! <laughs> just, just every Sherlock movie thumb. that comes out, we make a thumb movie version of it. <laughs> Pretty much Sherlock Thumb. Yeah, there you go with Robert Downey Thumb, Robert Thummy, Robert Thummy Jr. Uh, uh, what would be? Oh, Alice in Wonderland, be Alice in Thumberland, Alice in Wonder Thumb. No, oh, Despicable Thumb. Fa- uh, no, Despicable Me would Despic- be too hard. Despicable. Th- I feel like the minions are an extension of the thumbs for some reason. <laughs> like someone saw the thumb movies and was like, we will never get to pull this off. But how about I apply the same concept to a Tic Tac and I put overlaps <laughs> on them. And it's like, yeah, the kids love it. And it's like, maybe I could have got away with the thumbs. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Uh, after that, it's funny. Then, then you, like, you get into like like later years. Everything is just sequels of everything. It's like, mm-hmm. so you're legit, which is like, you would, like, yeah, there's no yeah. more original properties anymore. It's just. It's, it's sequels and uh, Marvel movies. Yeah. I, I, although, honestly, <laughs> like, like, think about it. Like, when we started in 2002, you had to, and I'm looking at 2011, you have Harry Potter, Transformers, Twilight, Hangover, Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean, Sherlock Holmes. It's legit stuff we've already buried. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, that's crazy. It really is. Like, I think, like, what, be it Fast and Furious? Like, we yeah. haven't done. The Thumb and the Furious? Yeah. And the rest of it would be uh, uh, Marvel films. Oh, God. It's hard yeah, to believe I that. And I don't want to parody. I don't want to put any effort into parodying those. <laughs> it's funny how, like, in two, you look at the box office for the top 10, like, highest grossing movies of 2011. Mm-hmm. There's only one Marvel movie, and it's Thor. Ooh. And it's number 10. Oh, wow. What was number one? Uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part oh, 2. of course. <laughs> then Transformers, uh, Rise mm. of the Patrick Dempsey, Twilight something, Hangover. Rise of, Rise of the Patrick Dempsey. Rise of Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> uh, Fast Five, Patrick Dempsey, Mission, Imp- Mission Colon Impossible Dash Coast Protocol. Patrick Dempsey takes Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess bridesmaids. What brides thumbs? Brides thumbs or thumbs maids? Yeah, that's a yeah thumbs that maids. Would be cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The hunger thumbs. Yeah, perfect. There you go. What? Thumb runner, like the maze runner. Yeah, that's none of the people have seen those. Oh, okay. Did they make more than one? Did they do uh, this? Yes. Okay. Yes. I think like I think five or six of them at this point. Oh Jesus! They made too yeah. many of them. Yeah, I've been hearing about those books forever, but I've never read or read or seen the great. The Great Gatsby. The Great the Thumb oh, Gatsby. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know what, Rob? I might have to top Thumb Kirk. Okay. American Sniper. American Thumper. Or would it be Thumb... Oh, no, it would be what? American... Thumber. American Thumber, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I like American oh, Thumber. I want that. I want that. I want that. Okay. How the much Thumb Locker. Got... What about the Thumb Locker? <laughs> not as good. Not as funny as a movie. Okay, okay, that's fair. <laughs> Fun fact, folks, American Sniper is a really bad movie. 
Rob never heard that rant. That was when Rob hit, like, used to hide from me. Oh, he never heard my rants about how much. No, I that was. I remember hard. though that I, I I laughed one of the hardest in my life. In my life, I think when I, I went on Facebook, I'm pretty sure it was Facebook one day, and I saw Zach posted a status that basically said, "My review of American Sniper. I liked it better when it was called The Hurt Locker." <laughs> something like that and i thought that was so godly funny like i was telling people about that like all day how funny i thought that was <laughs> all right zach so what do you want to do next uh let's do our snacks i think there's okay. a lot of fodder there oh yes the easiest one marsh mallow so at a restaurant you're gonna get a bowl of marshmallows maybe it's a dessert maybe it's an appetizer who knows but you have to chant like they do in the Blair Thumb to get the marshmallows. That's my first pitch. What do you think? I like it. Okay. It's interactive. Yeah, and you know, and it's not going to be bad. You know, you're in the restaurant, and you know, you hear a gunshot out of one ear. You hear some marshmallow out of another ear. It's, it creates a, a nice atmosphere, I think. You get the supplies. Got it. Mallow, baby. Marsh, baby. Marshmallow. Mallow. Don't give it all here. Just happy to have it. An inviting atmosphere, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, so, place those, we place those tables near like the entrance exit so it gets like the walker buyers. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think the next thing, the next few things I have to pitch are from the God Thumb, of course. And uh, one of them's kittens, one of them's spaghetti and meat cubes. I think those are easiest. Maybe they're combined, like we talked about. Maybe we have, we have kitten, meat cubes. And put them on some spaghetti. I do like the idea of probably one of the, um, I don't know, the safest Cinemodities restaurant meals. It's spaghetti and meat cubes, and that's it. It's just actually sp- spaghetti, meat cubes, some red sauce, and some Parmesan cheese. Like, it's a meal. Sure. The kitten is just a kitten, and you got to eat it, but it only costs five cents. Okay, that's important that we're putting kittens on our menu for five cents until we figure out the real conversion. When we tweet Steve Odekirk, of course. So what you're saying is we're gonna ch- we're also a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> I guess I guess so. <laughs> the the last thing I want to pitch is I would love just like I think we have done with um what was it the Denny's and the IHOP things we've looked at other people's food items relating to something and we've taken them. I want to take the food that we get to hear from the Badger Burger menu. Because while we don't get to see an actual picture of a menu or any, you know, menu items, I should say, right before the sh- Mickey does the shooting on, you know, the Don Bazzazzini and the Crooked Captain, I think he's called in, in The God Thumb, uh, the waiter comes back over. Barnaby Badger, he comes back over and he starts like rattling off specials or things he recommends. And we're going to put the clip in and then I'm going to try my best because I, I listen to this so many times to try to be able to write down what he's saying. And I think I got it. But here we go. I'm going to put the clip, and then I'm going to say it. Here's the clip. Say then, partner, so you decided what you want to know on tonight. May I make a suggestion or three? Barnaby Badger loves the homespun badger loaf on the bun. It is plum tasty. And if the badger loaf ain't to your liking, why don't you try the ferret fry? That's three large helpings of white meat smothered in yummy gravy and fried onions. 
it yet. And I think he's saying, this is our this is our meal. A homespun bag of loaf on a bun with ferret fries, which are three large helpings of white meat smothered in yummy gravy and fried onions. And then the shooting happens, so that's all we get to hear. I, I cannot make out, maybe Zach or someone else who hears this with fresh ears, I think he's saying a homespun bag of loaf. Like bag of loaf, like loaf of bread. And I don't know what that is, but then he says on a bun. So, so when you say homespun something, I think of, you know, like a wheat or a dessert. Like you don't spin meat. And then you put it on a bun. Like I don't know what this is, but it's on our, it's on our menu now, Zach. <laughs> that's one less thing we have that's one that's one less thing uh we have to worry about not having to have yeah whatever i do like the ferret I'll fries we do get some more detail on the ferret fries he doesn't say there's any fries in there but he says three large helpings of white meat smothered in gravy and onions i would assume that the meat is from ferrets because they're ferret fries but I guess that's something we'll have to decide when we put this on the menu because we don't have all the information or we can tweet Steve Odekirk and see what they were thinking for their own restaurant, Badger Burger. Those are my pitches, Zach. Those are my pitches. We got some work to do. What do you got? What do you got? As I was watching this, I was trying to figure out what I even want to like suggest eating for this. And I, I honestly could not even, I couldn't think of anything. Like I, I am the snack master I am odd Zach. I am the connoisseur of context. I and that's am the it. Lego maniac. And that last one it, was that was a hiccup or something. I think Zach uh, has acid very reflux. loud, a very loud specific hiccup. <laughs> yeah, Zach has acid reflux, and when the acid like splashes on his vocal cords, he says Lego master or whatever he's saying in that thing. <laughs> uh, I really couldn't think of anything for this, so I might have to, I might have to uh, borrow from Rob. Okay, okay. That's that's okay. You know, it's okay if you have an off week, Zach. You've had a lot of good snacks. Hell, you are the snack master. Um, uh, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm tempted to ask, were there any snacks you thought of during Thumb Wars? It's funny. Thumb Wars didn't do anything with blue milk, and I was surprised by that. I guess that wasn't a, uh, <laughs> a, 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 cultural, a cultural, like, yeah, yeah. in 1999. No, the only thing I want, a merchandise spotlight, I want a uh, crunchy uh, action figure or a stuffed animal. Okay, that thing is horrifying to look at. <laughs> With some of the facial expressions this does, it's it's crazy. I love uh, it. I know, that's why I want it. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I would I would take one, too. I'd probably put it in, a, like, a lockbox at night while I slept, but I'd, I'd buy it. <laughs> the one thing, I, I guess, um, I do want to mention that uh, in Thumb Wars, go to Knights of Vader to hear our full discussion about it. Uh, the, there's the concept of paying with girly giggles. Oh, uh, well, okay, let's not get too get too far into that. Well, well, I I would like to adapt that okay, in some way to the Cinemodities restaurant. I, I won't say any more, but there's there's girly giggles are a form of currency, and and I would I in not for everything I would say, but some things we should make our customers giggle like a girl as a payment. Okay, what do you think? I can give, I can okay, okay, that. right on, right on. I think I've. I've always loved that. You gotta pay me girly giggles. <laughs> All right, Rob. Cinemati and or late night movie. Uh, what did we do last week? Did we do it by by thumb movie? I think we I did. Think so. I th I think if it wasn't said last week, and now that we're kind of finishing up the thumbs, I would certainly say that the thumbs as a whole are a cinemati to me, just because I never seen anything else like them. I love them. You know, they're 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 a very special type of funny that 
is probably holding more of a nostalgic place than a real meaningful place in my brain, but hey, I'll take it. Um, late night movie, that's where it gets selective. You know, I don't think I would ever put on Bat Thumb late at night unless someone was like, I really want to see a Batman parody. And I'd be like, I'm sure we could find another one than Bat Thumb that I would pull up before this. Um, but, you know, Blair Thumb, God Thumb, Thumb Wars, which we haven't, you know, talked about in Cinemonities, I would certainly pull those up late at night because just the concept, I think, seeing a face on a thumb will hook the people I'm showing late night movies to to get them to watch the rest of that half hour. And, you know, that's, I think that's the best I can hope for, for a thumb movie, getting someone to watch it. You know, when I don't have, when I don't get to force somebody to watch it. And even when I do get to force Zach to watch it, he goes to a time vortex and forgets it all. <laughs> hey, that only happened once. That's fair. If there were three more thumb movies, it probably would have happened again. <laughs> Oh, yes. Uh, I'm going to say definite cinemati. Uh Like Rob said, I, I think it could go late night movie with all of these, considering that the entire, like, Dumb Wars canon can be, like, watched in, like, an afternoon. Yeah, yeah. I think you, I think you should include all of them. I think it would be okay. wrong to, like, again, like, yes, I, I think there's, I doubt there's that many Thumb fans that are going to say they're all equally great. yeah. Uh, but you know, I think if you're going to show these to people, I, if they're interested, like obviously you show them, you pick out one of the better ones first that they mm-hmm. like, it and you take it from there. But no, I, I think for any sort, I think there's very few film canons where you can show the entire list to somebody in the afternoon. Yeah, and when that does present itself, you, you have to kind of go with the flow. You kind of be like, okay, why not? Sure, it's yeah. unique. It's I like unique. that. That's one thing you can't take away from this. It is unique. Ab- absolutely. I, there's a, it's unique, and like we said, I think on this episode and last week's, you know, there's there's a clear sense of creativity and artistry to it, and you have to appreciate that. Yes, it has that '90s, early 2000s kind of a chintziness to it. Yeah, yeah. Oh my lord, we both agreed upon something. What? The uh, the the all the dictionaries in the world just changed their definition of split. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, Zach, is there anything else you have to say about the thumb movies? Uh, Some are better than others. Yes, I have to agree with you there, but I think Zach and I disagree on which ones are better than others. Um, Like we said before, the one we did not talk about, which I think Zach and I do agree on, that we love, we're discussing on Knights of Vader, because it's Star Wars related. And next week, as we continue on the Steve Odekirk series, or whatever the hell we're calling it, (laughs) we are discussing his actual feature film that he starred in kung pao enter the fist and yes we will have faces on body parts yet again so don't worry folks <laughs> the thumb series still isn't over or at least the faces on body parts isn't yes so zach i think we should end this the same way we ended the previous thumb episode and if i recall correctly that was a good smattering of backwards thumb music and so there's the good you know uh, production studio logo that has a nice little tune that I like to play with, and I think we have some good intros from things Johnny like Paisano! Johnny e- Paisano! Exactly! That's exactly where I was gonna go. We have, whenever I see a beautiful girl! And then it goes on and on.
I hate the I hate the books. I kind of hate Tolkien as well. I hate well. This is a super aside, but I I hate like Tolkien was one of the most narcissistic self selfish motherfuckers. And there's so many like on the books records where he's like, I don't write for people to read. I write because I love language. He's like, I don't care if you read my books. I write them because I enjoy writing them. And while I take a similar stance with my art, I I don't like that people are like, he's the greatest author of all time. It's like, no, he's not. When, you know, 99% of the first Lord of the Rings book is them singing in pubs. Like, that's not good writing. Like, that's that's filler. That's useless. There's no story there. And then the movies, don't get me started. Peter Jackson, fucking Battle of Helm's Deep. Gondor calls for aid. It's like, we get it. There's no technology, you stupid piece of shit. It's like, yeah, oh, you can only have fire in visible distance. It's like, oh, get the fucking dragon to do it in distance. Like, oh, God, hate all that shit. Hate it all, Zach. <laughs> Lord okay. of the Thumbs. There we go. I didn't what, think of that what, one. What, what, where do I sign up to hear that rant? Like, which podcast do I My Lord of the Rings rant. <laughs> that was good. I'm, you know what? For, for an episode, I didn't know how you were going to fill the time. You know what? I am. <laughs> As a participant in this recording, I am intrigued in the conversation. Lord of the, I can't stand Lord of the Rings. I can't stand Lord of the Rings for what it is because I personally don't like it, and I also can't stand how much love it gets because it's unwarranted. I believe. Oh my god, I like this. Okay, you like Are you a fan of Lord of the Rings movies? I uh, I watched. Okay, okay. This you know it's gonna be like the it's gonna be like the episode that came out on New Year's Eve. It's gonna be just a recycled episode <laughs> of Jack size clips. Uh, no, what happened with Lord of the Rings was I remember I, I had no, no interest whatsoever. I think I wanted to see the uh, what was it called the Twin Towers. The second one is the uh, is the Two Towers. Whatever. I wanted to see. Oh, Twin we're getting Towers. that. We're getting that nine eleven imagery in here. <laughs> yes. It's not seeing It's not some nine eleven. Starting story. off the new year right. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I remember like I wanted to see that, and my I was like, no. I think I asked my mother, I'm like, she's like, I'll buy you a toy instead, and I'm like, sold. And then I want to say, while I was still living in Florida, my father went out and bought like the deluxe collector's edition oh. of one and two. I don't think three was even out yet, so it had to be like <laughs> he went. I'm not kidding. He bought like the super like the forty dollar each edition. Mm-hmm. He's like, look what I bought. We need to watch these. I don't think they've ever been watched. I think. During the when the new Hobbit movie started coming out, I tried. I remember I finally bought Return of the King at like FYE for like three dollars used. Mm-hmm. I figured, oh, like I'll get all three of them. I'll watch them over like winter vacation. I got like because was, this was the extended edition for one and two. And I got like I think like an hour and a half into it. I'm like, how much longer do I have? Two Seven hours. more hours. <laughs> and I'm oh, like, 
I'm like, I actually just said, F this. I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm like, these movies aren't very good. Because um, I remember, I, everybody told me, like, you have to watch the extended editions. I'm like, I, I'm watching, like, I, I'm 90 minutes into this, and they're just, like, now getting on the road. Yeah. And I'm like, I cannot put up with this. Nothing happens. Yeah, that's that's literally the same thing in the books. Nothing happens. And the characters are dull. And yeah, like, that's, they all look that's the same. you. Are, I'm so glad you agree with me, Zach. Because anybody who actually like understands, I would say, like how to tell a story. Anyone who has a modicum of of thought about how, what a plot and how an entire story should be developed, you read anything by Tolkien, and you're like, he missed every single mark. Like literally, he would write passages just to make it so it's like this sentence has. 10 syllables, this sentence has 11 syllables, the next sentence has 12 syllables, then we do 11, then we do 10, then we do 11, then we do 12. And he was he was like an autistic person with the way he would just try and write patterns into things. He did not care about what he was writing. We should not either. I want this podcast. I want this <laughs> podcast where Rob complains about popular things and tears them apart. There you go. Okay. That'll be a good. Uh, that'll be a good. We're gonna put a, an hour time limit on me screaming about Lord of the Rings and Peter Jackson and Tolkien. Yeah. There we go, folks. We have it. We have it. Rebranding cinematics. <laughs> None of this yeah. cinematic oddies nonsense. It's tearing down things in pop culture. <laughs> We're, we'd be good at that. We are good at that. What am I saying? I like that. I like that. <laughs> I'm going to sign up for that. I'm going to, I want to subscribe to that podcast. Um, okay, but yes, back to uh, the God Thumb. 